What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Dad Casper here with you. And on this episode of the podcast, we've got a conversation with Dominic Catronio. He is the Brewers postgame host. <clears throat> he is the Brewers postgame host. He is the Brewer... He, he is the host of the Brewers post-game show Extra Innings that airs on 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee. And, well, with everything going on with the Brewers and Craig Council, it's like we got to talk to somebody who's around the team, knows the team, knows a little bit of uh, uh, what's been going on kind of in the kind of in the fire right now. So big thanks to Dominic for joining us uh, on, the, on the radio show uh, earlier this morning. So if you missed that conversation... We got it up for you right now, right here on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Come our guest. He is the uh, Brewers post-game extra innings host for 620 WTMJ. Dominic, Dominic, I've been practicing your last name all morning, man. Catronio, did I get it? Nailed it. Yes. Good job. That's all why right. I put it in the bio. That's why I was like, I'm going to practice that thing all morning, and I wanted to nail it for you. So I uh, appreciate you coming on this morning and uh, chatting with everybody up here in uh, northwest Wisconsin this morning. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird stretch. Ironically, I'm spending a little bit of time in Chicago this week. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so, no, I'm not coming to the Cubs either, but it, it's been wild, uh, to say the least. Uh, we had a chance to chat with Craig Council yesterday for the first time. It was emotional. Very emotional, um, and I, I, you know, I don't blame the guy. I really don't, and I know a lot of Brewers fans want to want to put blame and want to put blame on Council, want to put blame on Mark Adonacio, want to put blame because they feel slighted, and they I understand that. But when you sit down from dude to dude, right, he is getting a pay raise. In let's be honest, a major top three job in baseball. You have a hard time feeling bad for the guy. Yeah, you know it's like that's kind of the the wave of emotions I went through. It's like you heard it. it's like, oh, dude, it's got to be the Cubs, you know, rival. But then when you kind of put it in perspective here a little bit, like a job wise, you you get it, right? You, you kind of understand as much as it hurts, you, you get it. And forty million dollars is is tough to say no to. And I think what hurts more for Brewers fans is like. You know, there was a massive contingent, obviously, that were ready for him to leave, right? They, they knew this was likely to happen. And I feel like if it was the Mets outbidding everybody, nobody would bat an eye and be like, hey, congrats, Craig, you've earned this. This is uh, what you've done. But because it's the Cubs, it's created this vitriol around the situation. Cooler heads always prevail. Time heals all wounds. I know a lot of people are circling that May 27th date, you know, the Memorial Day reunion when Craig Council will manage his first game as a visitor at American Family Field. I, I, I just don't see Wisconsinites being mad enough for that long to actually boo Craig Council. There will be boos, but I don't think it'll be a resounding, like I've been saying, it won't be like LeBron returning to Cleveland for the first time. Right. Uh, Dominic, I don't know, if, you know, I've, I've been kind of looking around and, and trying to find out uh, if we've, found out an answer or anything like this do you know or have you heard or uh anything that did, did council go back to the brewers for a chance to match that contract or do you think it was just one of those that like council said yesterday he was just looking for a new challenge uh, a new opportunity there i think it's a mix of both uh we asked mark adonacio uh the other day on wisconsin's afternoon news we had exclusive with him and greg Matzik did kind of push him on that like did you get a chance to match the offer and 
he did kind of dodge the question, which gives you know, I, I think he was trying to defend counsel there, and counsel was asked about it yesterday too. He also kind of dodged the question, and and what I came down to was the new challenge, and there was no way. First of all, I think the Brewers are going to meet that number. I truly, I don't think the Brewers are going to come up to eight million dollars a year, no matter how great of a manager Craig Council is. They just weren't going to meet that number. Uh, and, and two, it, it's something new for him, right? And I, I think what's lost in this is the Mets too. Is like he, he also turned down the Mets, right, mm-hmm. with an unlimited payroll there, with the familiarity of David Stearns, with the familiarity of Ward Wizuela. He wanted something new, and and that's why the Cubs presented themselves. And Tom Verducci revealed yesterday in his piece, he's down at the GM meetings right now in Scottsdale, that Council has held that the Cubs has been a dream job for him. So that's. Again, I understand the rivalry. I understand the you know hometown bias, if you will. It, it, from man to man, again, I'm like, yeah, I, I truly get it. Mm-hmm. Dominic, I don't know if it's like this around Milwaukee, but we do have, you know, there's some listeners, some fans up here that are they're they're okay with it because they didn't think Craig Councils was that good of a manager, and whether it's because of playoff success or or anything like that. What would you say to the fans that? that don't view Craig Council as a good manager. Did you notice in those 20 minutes on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now, that when it was clear that Ken Rosenthal tweeted that Craig Council will not be returning to the Brewers, right? That 20 minutes where we didn't know where he was going and how many fan bases were chiming in, I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him. That's my point. Everybody in baseball knows what he's capable of doing. And for the people who say the playoff success is not that great, and it's, that, it's a fair criticism, but I counter that with look at the rosters he arrived to the playoffs with. Okay, I, I understand that's making an excuse. I understand that the team, the game is played on the field, not on paper. But I think it's more impressive how many division titles he's won with the rosters and the payroll he's been handed. And if you want to talk about your neck of the woods, I mean, Twins fans, they know. I mean, they know, like, oh, God, we're so close, and this, and then we didn't win a playoff game kind of thing. And this year they finally broke the seal, and then they really only won one more meaningful playoff game beyond that down in Houston. But it's just, it, it's, I don't think Rocco Baldelli's a bad manager because of his playoff record. I think Rocco Baldelli's a fantastic manager. That's how these things work. It's not the same to grade a manager on playoff games because, as we know, baseball is just is, is such a roll of the dice of playoff baseball. Now, obviously, a lot of fans are kind of wondering who's next, and we've seen names being floated out there. Don Mattingly, we even saw, I think it was a Ken Rosenthal mentioned Ricky Weeks as as a potential name out there. Do you have a do you have a a, a, a wish list or a particular manager you would like to see suited up for for the Brewers next season? I really think, if we're talking wish list, I really want somebody with experience because the Brewers, you know, after all this talk about Craig Council wanting to set the market and make sure the manager position is still important, I, I think it would be right for the Brewers to follow up that and saying we also want a manager that can run a clubhouse in a player's forward fashion in a you know, modern way with the bullpen usage and how he uses his lineup, how he constructs a lineup. I really think experience is going to matter because this team's ready to win. I mean, this team 
depending on what they do with Corbin Burns, I mean, you've still got Burns, you've still got Peralta, you've still got maybe a resurgent Aaron Ashby, you've got top prospect Robert Gasser coming up, and you've got Adrian Hauser, you re-signed Colin Ray. I mean, you've got some options there in the starting rotation. The bullpen is virtually entirely back, and that was maybe the biggest unknown strength of the Brewers coming into 2023. And I, I look at it, for me, I tweeted this and just got absolutely roasted for it, but I stand by my take that I think Joe Madden would be a great fit. I know Joe personally, uh, and I, I think, for one, he comes with experience. For two, he's reached the mountaintop with the Cubs. For three, he's worked with Matt Arnold, remember, back with the Tampa Bay Rays days and understands how it works in a small market organization and things of that nature. And number four, he wants to get back in. He's been watching baseball from afar the last year and a half after he was let go by the Angels at the start of the 2022 season. And folks want to highlight, oh, he's been fired from two jobs in the last four years. Look, I, I think the roster is pulled out from underneath them in Chicago, and then it's hard to work for Artie Moreno in, in Los Angeles. So I, I think Joe Madden would be a good fit for a few years here in Milwaukee. That's it. I I'd forgot about the Matt Arnold connection there, too. Yeah, you're right, with uh, with Tampa Bay uh, from, from a while ago. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, with Corbin Burns, what do they do with that? And that was a question I've kind of wondered here, too. Does... Does the decision of Council leaving, we know the uncertainty of Brandon Woodruff, it sounds like he's not pitching this upcoming season. Do you think those factors, or do those factor into any decision whether this team decides to move on from Corbin Burns this offseason and and maybe bring up some more of their younger ones, or do you still think that they're going to ride with Corbin Burns this year, they're still primed to win, and they're going to try to go for it again this year? Mark Adonacio has made it clear he never wants to rebuild. He never wants to tear it down. He always wants to be competitive. And as you know, frustrating of a move the Josh Hader deal was in the middle of the season, they knew they were going to trade him that offseason anyway. They just did it a little bit early because they worried his value was falling. I feel that Corbin Burns will probably be on the team when pitchers and catchers report. Trades can still happen in spring training when teams actually look at what's happening on the field. If I were the Brewers and if I was somebody thinking forward, I understand what Mark Ananasio is trying to say and like, hey, we're always competitive, always competitive. I, I think you have to make sure you get something back from him because you're almost certainly not going to get anything back from Brandon Woodruff. So if you let both Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff leave without anything in return, that's a, a massive, massive opportunity for the Brewers to at least add something to their farm system, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still good. But you look at the trade for Mark Hanna adding a double-A starting pitcher. They are a little thin at the upper levels when it comes to starting pitching. So uh, this is, I think, an opportunity for the Brewers to trade Corbin Burns and get some value back for him. There's a reason why you re-signed Colin Ray. You've got Gatzer on the way. I, I think it would make perfect sense to trade Corbin Burns right now. You mentioned uh, his name a little bit earlier, and I think it kind of flew under the radar. Uh, Eduardo Brazula uh, is going over to, to the Mets but he's been with the Brewers for, for quite some time. How big of a loss is that for the front office for the Brewers? Oh, it's, it's massive. I had some great conversations with Eduardo Brezuela uh, over the last few years. He's been in the organization for you know upwards of a dozen years, and he's just been such a great, great mind as far as the minor leagues, as far as bringing guys up and helping out, hiring scouts, hiring player development. I mean, he's... One of those guys that you don't hear about all the time, forward-facing, right? We always hear about the general manager. We always hear about the manager. But this is one of the guys, the first key right-hand man kind of guys 
under David Stearns, and then even prior to that, I mean, he, he spanned multiple regimes in the Brewers organization, and he is, man, I, I really enjoyed chatting with Eduardo Brizuelo over the years. Uh, I hope his uh, brother Carlos is still going to be around. Carlos is our translator in the media in the clubhouse, but uh, Ibris is, is a massive, massive loss in the Mets game. I wish him nothing but the best. All right, before we let you go, uh, Dominic, we we know GM meetings are going on, you know, free agency and that sort of stuff. Talking about wish lists, off the top of your head, do you know of any players that maybe potentially you would like to see come to Milwaukee or, or good fits? I know the Brewers have kind of made some moves already, you know, Canna being traded and such. Has there been any names that, that intrigued you potentially to, to add to this roster? I saw some folks float Reese Hoskins as a fit here. Uh, in Milwaukee, obviously the Brewers need some help at first base, and they especially need a right-handed bat. Uh, this could be, you know, a bet-on-yourself type deal where obviously Reese is coming back from the torn ACL. He it doesn't exactly fit the Brewers' mold, right, of being uh, a good defender, uh, but he can hit, man. He can certainly hit, and I, I wonder if he would maybe be too rich for their blood because the position player market is pretty bad this offseason. It's all about the pitching this coming offseason. So uh, I, I think Reese Hoskins has certainly been connected to the Brewers. I wouldn't mind bringing back Carlos Santana. I know he's going to be turning 36 in spring training. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing him back because I think he's valuable on a one-year deal uh, and brooming something in. But first base has to be the priority for the Brewers and getting some legitimate power because, look, I know Rowdy was playing through injury, but the year that he had and what the Brewers had collectively at first base just isn't going to cut it. You need slugs to win in the playoffs, and obviously the team that outslugged them, the Arizona Diamondbacks, made it all the way to the World Series winning the pennant. So uh, they need some serious, serious slug at first base. Really quick uh, follow-up. Uh, a name that I don't think I've seen around as a possible manager, but it seems like the players really like him. Do you think Chris Hook is, is a potential uh, to, to fill that manager role, or do you think he's kind of you know slotted in as just being that pitching coach? I think he's locked in as a pitching coach. Hookie's great. I think he's a great guy. Uh, I, I think the responsibilities of a pitching coach have him plenty busy. He is compensated well when, in regard to other pitching coaches across baseball. And all the coaching staff, as of now, is signed under contract to return for 2024. The big question being, will Pat Murphy also leave and go to Chicago with Craig Council? Will Pat Murphy get the manager job? All of that is to be determined. Dominic uh, Dominic Catronio, right? Catronio, did I get it again? Got it. Good job. Yes. Just say it like an American. <laughs> I like it. Dude, appreciate uh, you hopping on here this morning and chatting with us here in northwestern Wisconsin. You do some fantastic work on the uh, Brewers postgame show, Extra Innings. You're a great Twitter follow, so uh, we appreciate you, and uh, hopefully we can chat with you again soon. Cheers, boys. Have a great morning. You got it. There you go. Big thanks to Dominic again for joining us on the uh, on the radio program, and giving us his thoughts and the latest going on with the Brewers and the Craig Council situation. That's going to do it for this quick episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Be a friend, tell a friend about the podcast. Give it a, give us a five-star rating and a positive review so others can find the podcast. And remember, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're all over. Apple, Spotify, even YouTube. So go check us out, follow, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Till next time, I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.